Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, host and creator of the podcast and SoulfulLiving.com. This is the place people will connect you to their stories, their journeys, and how they've found meaning in their lives. Join us. Let's connect. Connection. I'm here with Elmer O'Brien, and Elmer is a realtor. He has been a um, banker and a business leader, and as accomplished as Elmer is professionally, the thing that I always feel when I'm around Elmer is a warmth and a kindness and a caring and I feel like that actually leads the way, Elmer, at, as an indicator of who you are. Even though you have so many professional accomplishments, and I knew you first in a business sense, who you are is really evident in the way you treat people. So thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I guess I'll start now. Um, today, I wanted to... Uh, we have a charity and it's called Leo's Lions. And it's in honor of my grandson who was a twin and passed away at the age of two and a half. His life in two and a half years was probably more than I could ever accomplish in another hundred years. Um, he's, he was always smiling as you can see in that picture and he never showed that he was in pain, even though the doctor said he was always, always, always in pain. He was like a beacon of hope for so many people. There were 10,000 people that followed him on Caring Bridge just to see his updates because he was always up against a new health concern and everybody was praying for him. And when he got past that and over that hurdle, there was room to rejoice. So it gave people a sense of hope and then happiness. But eventually, it caught up with him. Um, he had to have a very serious heart operation. And after the heart operation, they said it was a brand new technique, something they had never done before. But they said it was a success. But what they didn't anticipate was that the cardiac hypertension that he had would flare up. Mm. And that flared up and complicated the recovery. And that is actually what killed him. He, 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 he mm, sorry. Um, we decided afterwards, well, mostly his parents did, to start this charity. One of the things that they always thought was a problem when they were in the NICU and the ICU in Children's National, because they lived down in D.C., was that you have two parents 
and a doctor looking at a screen that is this big or smaller. And he's trying to point things out on the screen. So you're banging heads and you're not really getting the full message. And when you have somebody that sick in that unit, you really want to understand everything that you can possibly understand. It may be overwhelming, but you want to understand it. So our goal was to buy iPads, have the hospital tie them into their computer, and then give every family in the NICU and the ICU an iPad. Well, the charity is really like something that has, Leo's life was a seed and it has sprouted in so many beautiful ways. So we raised $80,000 selling shirts and other things. Um, we raised $80,000 and purchased the laptops for every family in the NICU and the ICU. What we didn't anticipate, Amazing. what we didn't anticipate was COVID. COVID hit and every single parent that had a child in the NICU or ICU was not allowed to come visit them. Mm. So the nurses would prop the iPads up in the cribs mm. so the parents could sing to their babies or talk to them oh. or read them a nighttime story or just check on them. So it had these ramifications that we never, ever anticipated. About the same time, my daughter got an email from a nurse practitioner who had been in on every one of Leo's surgeries. And she told my daughter that based on what she saw with all of Leo's surgeries, she developed a protocol for children at risk like Leo was. Wow. At that time, that was about two years ago, at that time, it had been implemented in 300 children's hospitals. Over 1,000 babies' lives had been saved. And she was going to give an international symposium on it and dedicate it to Leo. So... He just keeps doing good things. And we're just trying to perpetuate that a little bit. You know, we're we're selling the shirts now. We just came out with a new one. But having experienced that, I can tell you one thing, you know. So one of your questions that you sent me was, what advice do you give people? One thing I would always say is, I've had a lot of people who have gone through similar grief, I guess because you get to know people who are in similar situations. And the one thing, the grief is like, it, it's like nothing you can imagine. So never tell someone that you know how they feel. Mm. Because handling that level of grief is just too unique to yes. every individual. Tell them you know how bad they feel. Yes. But you but you will never know how they feel. 
Elmer, can I ask you a question? Because the one thing I don't really have a handle on is what that feels to you as both a parent and a grandparent. So you're processing um, as a parent, you're watching your daughter experience this and you're also processing what, um, first of all, how many children do you have? You have two daughters? I have three daughters and a foster daughter in Northern Ireland. Okay. And so what, how, how did you feel going through that as both a father and a grandfather? Well, our family is very, very close to begin with. We're very unique. Um, my wife's parents lived with us for probably almost 40 years. Wow. And so my children had this, when they passed, I remember at, at the at the wake, somebody came up to my daughters and said, you have a better relationship with your grandparents than I have with my parents. And that extended family, and every day, my grandma, their grandmother was blind, and she was deaf. Wow. She could hear with a hearing aid. And I'm sorry, I often wonder if the hearing aid was turned off at times so she didn't hear her husband, but <laughs> she was a very mild-mannered but intelligent woman. So... They would go up every day when they came home from school and they'd take up the mail to her and they would sit around and she would tell them things. And I always admired that, that they had such yeah. a relationship with their grandmother. When Leo got sick, was after they passed, um, our family really came together in a solidarity that I really couldn't even have imagined, even for a family as deeply entrenched in family values as we are. But the whole situation was that Leah was in the hospital. His brother was home. His dad had just started a new position and couldn't take off from work. So Megan would sp have to spend all day at the hospital with Leo. So somebody else had to fill in with James. Now, he's, he had my wife, myself, um, his aunts. They all went down there and spent time with him. And that may explain why he's got such a diverse personality. Mm. <laughs> but, but always the protector. He always protected his brother. Oh. Always. And now he has two sisters and don't God help the guy who dates them. Um, very protective. Very protective. And uh, it was funny if you would ask him when the few times that Leo was home, let's get a picture of you and Leo together. He would lay down on the floor next to Leo, but he would do it head to head like they were in the womb. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And most of Leo's nourishment did not come from the umbilical cord. It came from another cord that was from James to him. So it flowed down. And that's why his development was behind his brothers. Wow. But in terms of dealing with it, I don't even think you, you think about some things. You don't want to show anything when you're with James. 
even though you might feel a lot and you do feel a lot. But you never wanted to show anything in front of James that was made, would make it worse on him. And twins do have an enormous sense for each other. My wife was watching James and Megan was at the hospital when they gave her the news about having to get this major surgery. At the same time that Megan was getting that news, James got up off the couch, went over and sat in the corner. Wow. Wow. So they, so they, yeah. do, have a, they do have an understanding that I'll never comprehend. Mm-hmm. But you have to, like, partition things, I guess. Mm, yeah, compartmentalize almost. So as a grandparent, it's like crazy because, he, and as a parent, you always want to protect your children. And there's nothing you can do. Yeah. That helplessness must be so, so terribly painful as well. Well, I was going to church every morning and I was praying a lot. And suddenly I realized, you know what? If God had given everything that I prayed for, Leah would have really been messed up. So mm -hmm. he had a better plan. Yeah. And it didn't, wasn't always apparent. But after he passed and, and everything that happened out of that one charitable act. His, his impact is spread far and wide and fell and continues. Um, Elmer, how do you think, like, what was it within your daughter that allowed her or enabled her to continue to handle what was happening and even this terrible loss? Um, did you always see her as a strong person? What what can you tell me more Actually, about her? of the three of the three daughters, she was the youngest. And I would have thought she would have been the least able to handle it. But she knew what she had to do. And she did it. Yeah. And sometimes you don't have choices. Right. As much as you would like to think you do on certain things. And you can either give up in frustration or you can keep on battling. I mean, yeah. I just recently got over cancer and having gone through what I went through with Leo, cancer was nothing. Wow. I mean, I what had a did you learn from the situation with Leo that transferred over to help you with your own bout with cancer? Leo lived every day, big smile on his face, always happy. He wasn't taking anything for granted. He wasn't looking towards tomorrow. He was enjoying the moment. There was one time when he was in, the nurses loved him because he had this personality. You can see it, by the way, in his face. So one time the doctors came in and they wanted to talk to Megan and Bernie. So they told the nurses to leave the room and they were in the middle of all these games with Leo. 
So Leo's now laying in the crib or in the bed, and the doctor's trying to talk to Megan and Bernie. And now he's got nothing to do because this doctor ruined his playtime. So he picked up the remote to the TV and turned the volume all the way up. So the doctor had to take them out of the room and the nurses came <laughs> back in. Oh, that's so cute. That is so, so cute. Yeah. So that living every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of my mantra now. Is that right? Um, I saw this. I was always a Charlie Brown fan growing up. And it's a picture of Charlie Brown and Snoopy sitting on the dock. And Charlie Brown is talking about life and death. And Snoopy turns around to Charlie Brown and says, no, you only die once. You live every day. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. I mean, that's it. That sums does, it up. That does sum it up. Um, what about, you know, Elmer, can I just go back for a second and ask you, where did that importance of family come from? Is that something that happened once you and your wife married and had your own family? Is that rooted in your growing up? Where Where are the roots of this? importance of family Arthur's family was always close and so was mine um my brothers and sisters were there every minute with leo and my sister had just gone through the loss of her son and my sister-in-law had just gone through the loss of her son so kathy's family was close my family was close Blending the families might have been a little bit difficult because O'Brien's are off the wall crazy <laughs> and Shriver's are very, very reserved. Oh. So um, our sense of humor does not carry over. That's funny. But I think that's where the girls got it from and particularly from their grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, that's really a special relationship. That, um, and James, by the way, how old is James now? He'll be 10 in January. Okay. And how is he doing? James is doing great. That's great. He um, He's the protector. I mean, usually when you get an email from the teacher saying, I need to talk to you about James. Like, as a parent, you're like, oh, my God. Well, it turns out James was in third grade at the time and the fourth graders were picking on a first grader and James stepped in, oh, protected wow. the first grader. And since he, I guess he was bleeding, took him to the nurse. That's pretty great. But that's his personality. That's great. And I have a question about... Um, if somebody is in the hospital right now dealing with something like what your family has dealt with, with Leo, what would you share with them that could help them through? You have to come to the realization that really you're not in control. You have to give it up to a higher power. 
and then just hope that you'll be guided through it in a way that makes you more able to handle it at the time. And you said they're still fundraising with, um, you know, in Leo's honor and you have shirts and how, if somebody decided that they wanted to get a shirt, how do they, how do they purchase these shirts? Well, I, I could send you a link and okay, they could great. go right on the link. Okay. I'll email you the link and they, okay. they can go right on the link and we're selling two t-shirts. They're actually the nicest shirts we've ever had. Oh, that's great. And on the front, it'll say Leo's Lions. And on the back, there's a giant constellation of Leo with a lion and our tagline, Love Without Limits. Elmer, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Well, I had nothing to do with that. It's creative and it's beautiful and definitely did not come from me. Well, maybe you kind of shared that kind of love with your family and that kind of has come out in that way do you know what i mean well you hope but i mean yeah. with, with and, my daughters i can't even keep up they just pick up the mantra and go that's awesome that's really awesome what about um i just want to you know before we wind things up get to know leo just a little bit more can you just describe Leo and Leo's personality. Leo was always, like I said, he was always happy. And he and James, when they got together, James was the brawn and Leo was the brain. You know? And yeah. Leo would, would have these ideas and things, but he he never Megan never let him shy away from things or made sure he was able to participate. That picture that I, I gave you mm -hmm. is Leo with his trach going down a sliding board at the local park and laughing. Wow. And, you know, and James always at the bottom to catch him and miss. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like a true brother. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. Come on down. I got you. I got you. <laughs> and so one, you know, Leo, his issues were congenital, Elmer. Is that is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he had them. Be, it was all part of the birth process. Yes. And it's a yes. byproduct. Yes. That but, yeah. you know, there was a lot of pressure on different things, but. My daughter persevered and um, again, some strong pressure to, to abort the babies from the doctors and what about, you know, you can say, well, it's one life. Well, no, what about the thousand lives that he changed forever and they don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely a plan that God had for him, I will never understand it. I can right. tell you right now, he did not apply that plan to me for doing good things. 
Well, I mean, you know, it, it, when you think about the meaning that can be found in this really brief but beautiful light-filled life that has gone on to impact so many, I can't imagine when you said that about COVID and thinking about people with their babies in the hospital and they couldn't be right there with them. I can't imagine that. And thank God for those iPads where they could see that little baby. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, some of those children were living day to day. I can't imagine that defies my imagination. You, If your child is dying, you can't be with them. No, it's it's beyond. Yeah, it's beyond anything I could ever really comprehend. But. Yeah, we didn't do that, but there was a solution there. Not the end solution. Sure. But something that gave a little bit of peace of mind and some comfort, hopefully, to yeah. those families. And the hospital even took it one step further so that if the doctors, if the, because it's Washington, D.C., so you got people from all over the world. Yes. So the hospital took it one step further. And if somebody is talking to their doctor, and they don't speak the language, and there's a language barrier. There's a 24-hour hotline to get an interpreter on at that moment. So the information is real-time, and the parents can see it. So important. That's, that's really good. And so, Elmer, finally, going forward, how is your family? How do you all find the strength to go forward and you know how what does that look like well we all have a very close relationship we have family vacation every year we just got back from the outer banks a couple weeks ago and our dinner table had 20 people at it. just one long table of conversations and it's nice to see that the next generation is as close yeah and yeah. there's a big age difference my grandchild i have 11 grandchildren and they go from 21 down to three of course the three-year-old the three-year-old rules the roost <laughs> what's the three-year-old who's a boy or a girl what it's a little girl, Molly. And like one time we had some kind of family gathering and I was sitting outside and uh, she went around and she asked her mom for something and her mom said no. Then she asked her dad and he said no. Then she asked her grandmother and she said no. Then she asked her aunts who weren't going to go against the mom. So they said no. So she sat down in the middle of the floor and said, Where's my poppy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cute. That is so cute. I love it. Well, Elmer, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast, for being such a wonderful person, and for sharing um, the life of this little boy who didn't live a long time, but certainly has really made a difference in the world. 
Yes, he has. I keep saying, by the time I get to heaven, my book's not that good. His, I'm going to go around the side door and say, Leo, give me a couple pages out of yours because <laughs> mine's a little thin. <laughs> I don't agree, but I will say he'll he'll. I think he'll let you in the side door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I sometimes you. like. Sometimes I I'll, I'll say some prayers and I'll I'll ask Leo to intervene. And I think he just gets in God's ear and God gives him what he wants because he wants to just get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. Did you, have you felt him during your experience oh, yeah. with cancer? We feel him a lot. Um, yeah. There were a couple of times when um, we were away and Bernie, it was right after Leo died. And um, we were out someplace and it was night and Bernie said, this is the first clear night since Leo died. Let's see if we if we can see the constellation. So um, we went out onto this field and he, he looked at the sky and he said, yep, there's the Big Dipper. And there's Leo. And then a shooting star went through Leo. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I had never seen a shooting star. Yeah. Or maybe I just didn't have my eyes open. I never have either. So it's not like you see that. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. Well, Amazing. I thank you. Thank you. I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Elmer. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider giving it a great rating and following all the things you do when you like a podcast. Thank you to William Aronson for writing, producing, recording the Soulful Connections theme song. And once again, thank you for listening. I hope you keep tuning in.